0: Three, two, and one. We're live. What's up,
1: fellas? What's Uh, going on? We just
0: finished the meeting,
2: huh? Yeah.
0: Yeah, we did just finish that meeting. Pretty solid meeting, huh? (laughs) Yeah. One Uh, of the more productive meetings we'd have so far, I'd say.
2: Not only one of the most productive meetings we have, but like probably the most energized like we've ever actually had the studio at one moment. And that's really like, I mean, as far as like you try to see, like I'm not, like I'm kind of a, I don't seem like a high energy person, but I like high energy environments. Oh yeah, totally. But I really, I'm not a kind of person to bring the energy. I don't. You know, I'm a very introverted kind of shy person. Yeah.
1: Well, I think one of the the things that you guys do really well is you guys allow just open ended ideas, right? Like you allow that discussion to go on and it's, it's, it's professional, but it's this open ended kind of like what we're doing now. Like we just get to talk about whatever we want. Right. And even like, you know, you you guys never, I never heard the word no in the meetings I've been in. I've never heard the word no. Right. Um, and if it is, it's probably just something that's out of our capabilities. Yeah Um, you I think you guys do a really good job of just keeping the yes on the table yeah. which I think is yeah. very receptive for everybody. That's,
0: that's something that's very important and I suppose Uh, nathan and I should probably introduce ourselves. I'm wyatt smith. I'm the assistant network manager here at uptown audio Um, but yeah, so you know keeping the options open to yes, um in my opinion kind of forces flexibility and adaptability Because if you get in the habit of just saying no to things that you don't want to do or that you you think you can't do or that you don't know a way to do, you close the door on any kind of innovation, right? And any kind of innovation is really born at its core from, you know, taking something that seems like you should just say no to it and saying, okay, well, how can I say yes to this, right? How can I accommodate this? You know, better yet, how can I accommodate this optimally, right? You know, it's kind of a a chain of steps that you can take, um, you know, to – have an optimal outcome. So, you know, saying no is a bad habit, really.
2: Yeah. And I guess I'll introduce myself. I'm Nathan. I'm the uh Nathan Shane. I'm the Uptown Audio Network Manager. Um yeah, and as far as like not saying no during those meetings, it's really kind of a crucial part of the philosophy I like to bring here is that if I just say no, that kind of cuts off the communication right there, yeah. right? But if you got an idea and I say no to it, right? No can mean a lot of things. Like I have told people no before, right? And that means there's something that physically cannot occur or it's a temporary no. And so when I do say that, I don't just say no. So it's like, no, we can't do that now. But I see it coming down the pipeline. Like we'll have more resources for that later. Yeah. And then I try to keep that not only Not only does that mean that I've opened the door and said that's a possibility, so that way they can go ahead and further develop that idea and then bring it back to me with a little bit more info. It also gives me the ability to personally think on it, which I love doing. Like I love taking your guys' ideas, thinking on it, thinking about the way our organization not only functions but I want it to function, and then applying applying those things to what we do, what we plan on doing, where we allocate funds, um, which is really important and it's important that you tie all those things together. And on top of that, if I just say no directly, right? And this is something that I feel like many people that want to be in this almost like businessy type mindset do, the boss mindset, say no. Yeah. We're doing it my way. Like that's not, that may be what a boss does in quotation marks, but not like a leader would do. Someone right. that leads the pack. You know what I'm saying? There's
0: a sharp distinction there for sure. And yeah. it,
2: you know, it goes back to like the Nelson Mandela quote, the leader speaks the last, speaks last, you know the, you know, the guy who can implement and do best listens best first, right? You can't speak well without listening well. And that's like very crucial. That's why I try to, once I ask the question, I try to remain quiet until someone has fully finished their idea, because it's crucial that all those bits. And like, for a lot of people, I know that the way that they, they might not be as straightforward when it comes to information output, but what they might be is they're grasping at a lot of different ideas and they need to coalesce those. And, and that's one reason why we as humans in general speak to each other, right? Is to kind of like take ideas in our mind that are just like separate from each other and put them together. And it's like someone else could do that for you if you're not sure how to do it. And that, I mean, that's what I've said about like what me and Wyatt do off each other. Like we bounce off each other all the time. Um, yeah, It's a lot of the reason why when we're in here, a lot of times we're talking like hypothetical. We're speaking like, not only what's occurring in the studio, but what's occurring in the world, and this really gets us in the mindset of thinking: how can we take what we have and produce something better for not only tomorrow, but for the future in general, right? right? And I, I think that like living with that philosophy for the studio has not only created one of the strongest communities we've ever seen in this com- uh, uh, like organization, but also very perspective. Like, like I feel like I'm actually connected with you guys on more than just a, Hey, like I need this work done from you or you're just in here to do your personal project. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like we're the kind of people now and we're getting to the point where it's like, I can call up this person and see if they want to go hang out on the weekends. And I want, I want that kind of relationship between us and our organization. Cause this isn't just, this isn't a job. It really like when you authentically look at it on paper, like it's not a job. It is a community. It's a club. It's an on-campus organization, but we just have a little bit more available funds than just a normal club. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, there's like that saying, what is it? Um, you know, if you, you do what you love, you'll mm-hmm. never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I think like one of the best things, like you totally hit it on the head when you're we talking about the difference between a boss and a leader. And I think, you know, cause I've had some bosses that, you know, it's just like they're aware of the highway. And I think, you know, as college students, we all work outside of this. And so, you know, our, our, our bosses, you know, are in this position to where they're kind of telling us what to do, but I'm all about like development Mm -hmm. And so like, I think when you're in charge of a group, it's all about how do you make people better? Yeah. You know, not, it's easy to tell people what to do. I think the challenging part is to figure out people's weaknesses and strengths and be able to take those and try to develop those. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things, a hard part we face as college students, right? Is finding jobs and stuff like that, that we can work where we actually enjoy working those jobs because it depends on who's the leader, who's the boss.
0: Yeah, Totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a big fan of this organization. And one of the things that I'd like to talk on that Nathan was kind of touching on earlier is um, just the sheer amount of time that he and I spend uh, just talking, mm. right? And just coalescing information and synthesizing information. Um, and one of the things that's kind of made me realize about leadership and, and management is that, um, right, nothing exists in a vacuum. All of these things that we're doing, right, everything in the studio everything's talking to everything else all the time. Everything's connected. Everything kind of links into something else, right? So it's extremely important that, you know, we kind of have these times. So like, for instance, uh, my office hours are 9 to 11 on weekdays. Uh, Nathan's are a little, they differ a little bit, but we have a lot of overlap, right? So generally, um, at least three days a week, you and know, I have a couple hours in the morning just sit down and talk. Uh, And we use that time to just, you know, synthesize everything, tie everything together, make sure that everything is talking to everything else, so to speak. Um, Because, man, communication is key in an organization like this. Uh, And it's not just key in the way of people communicating with other people. It's key in, you know, and hear me out on this, ideas communicating with other ideas through people, right? The ideas kind of interact with each other as we talk about them in our minds. Right. You know, as you were talking about, you know, I have this idea, you have that idea. Um, those ideas interact and kind of almost flesh themselves out. And it's, it's why that time in the morning to just talk is so, so crucial and, you know, why I enjoy it so much.
1: Yeah. Yeah, And I think between, you know, just the the very short time I've known you guys, you know, I think it's one of the things that's important to have in the workplace is chemistry Mm -hmm. and you guys, you guys have that chemistry right? Like you guys have that, that professional workplace chemistry where, you know, you guys can bounce ideas off each other. I mean, we see it in the meetings, we see it just in the interactions I've had with you guys. And I think that's super important. Yeah, for sure. You know, in any job, especially when you're in an environment like we are, where creativity is kind of the main ingredient in what it is that we're trying to achieve. It's our export.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we sit right on the crux of needing enough creativity from both lower level members as well as staff members and yeah even people from the outside that are giving us ideas. <clears throat> we, we sit right in that crux again, between creativity and kind of like a professional object oriented business type standpoint. Like what I'm applying here business wise is not something that's 100% specific to the podcast itself. So one thing I do try to do is sort of instill in everyone like this idea that it is okay to be creative and very, very idea-oriented without stifling the part of you that is exceptionally logical, on time, and all these things. And it's not only is it okay, it's necessary. It's necessary in a lot of ways because, I mean, how many times do you have friends that come up with some form of creative idea in regards to the podcast, a podcast, some YouTube series, and I think like our age specifically, like the YouTube, I'm gonna start my own YouTube channel. I've been in this situation before. Your creativity did not meet up with your business, like object oriented type of focus. And so I try to make sure that we've got enough, like professionalism and focus for the product that we're not, not only are we not stifling this creativity, but we're also producing, right? Because we do sit in that medium between things where like in other businesses where there's no creativity involved. You know, you're just thinking like, okay, how do we sell more product, period, Pure right? optimization, like, right? Yeah. Pure, I mean, pure optimization. Making numbers on a screen go up. Yeah, pure optimization in relation to, you know, the sale of an item of which you already have, right? Whereas here, we have to come up with the idea, come up with the concept, come up with the product and sell it on an individual basis, right? Which involves creativity as well as it being a very personal project based focus here.
0: Branding, right. right. It involves yeah. a lot of branding. Everybody's got to have their own brand.
1: Do you ever feel like there's times where you're just like, man, this is too much. I don't want to do it anymore. You know, cause obviously we're full time students yeah. mm-hmm. and working full time, you know? So like, it, uh, do you ever feel like it's like, man, like maybe I should back burner this or like, or is it, or are you so driven and so passionate that you're like, yeah. man, you can't stop thinking about this.
2: I genuinely think about this studio almost every day. Um there are very few days and i mean like anyone can anyone from the studio can vouch for this is like if you reach out to me most times i'm responding like not only very quickly but in a timely manner with additional information potentially follow. yeah i try to be very on top of the ball um i know that the best way to make things happen here are do things fast uh as well as well um and the best way is just to get started early. uh we don't operate on a very very long time frame here. Uh, which is, I mean, that's absolutely crucial to the way that your college like club or in this case organization operates, uh, is that I'm not going to be here for much longer. You know, like when you think about long-term planning for these companies out there, they have five-year plans, 10-year plans. I'm not even going to be in school that long. You know what I'm saying? So I really, we need to operate on a, all right, we got four months to do this and it's something big, you know, so delegate properly uh, and engage properly. But no, I'd say as far as the, um, as far as just like saying, I need a back burner this. I've experienced that before. I really have. Um, mm-hmm. and I thought, I think why can definitely vouch for this like yeah. last semester. I mean, you can see how back burner this entire studio became, um, this. And I mean, yeah, I mean, I got tied up with school. I was taking 18 credit hours. Uh, I mean, I was 18 is <laughs> a lot. I mean, I was taking 18 at the beginning of yeah. this semester too, until I recently, uh, decided it was time to switch majors and drop some classes. And then I've given this studio a little bit more dedication and time. Um, but I think one thing that has this semester been different than all the other semesters is, and I mean, if why I want to speak of this too, is that at the beginning of the semester, I focused on us having a plan. Yeah. I focused on, I was like, look like, and, and you know, those first couple weeks I was in here by myself, right? I didn't have a staff, professional staff. we had, I think we had maybe like two people that were willing to come back but i was unsure so i still had to reach out to everyone else to sort of like revive the organization and you mean like
1: this past january
2: yeah january as in like three months ago ago, like no uh, everyone that you see in those meetings is new terry's Mm -hmm. new um you know braxton i I had met braxton last semester but again all these people needed follow-up they needed um communication and so one way that I've been able to focus on that was sitting down in those first couple of weeks was, all right, I'm in the office. Open up a Google Doc. All right, we're putting down a plan.
0: Put together a framework. What, yeah.
2: what can I do to take what we have, right? Because we already have a framework in, in a general sort sense. Of, general sense. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah.
0: One thing that I'll say if I can like just, just kind of you know, express an idea for a second is that the studio has a history of being backburnered right like mm. this this mm-hmm. studio is almost kind of has a legacy of being on the back burner right yeah. like there's been a long legacy a long history of um you know i don't i don't necessarily want to say neglect because there's been a lot of people who've been very passionate about it we've put out some good work in the past but it's it's always been a peripheral thing it's always been you know it, it's always had this feeling of being just on the cusp like about to take off it's about to take off but there's never really been any substance behind that right yeah. so the objective this year is to put substance behind that right to actually create a framework right create a skeleton and then cast the material right um and actually get this studio off the ground and actually create something that can last for a while and run itself uh cuz you know in the past it's always been you know it's been loosely organized it's been a dream but it hasn't been like a true plan and so the the you know the idea is to turn the dream into reality this semester and to to lay the groundwork at least for turning the dream into a reality Mm -hmm. so you know when i get tired and you know trust me i do get tired because i am a full-time student you know i may not be taking 18 credit hours (laughs) but i'm taking quite a few and um you know i've got a a job outside of this that takes up a lot of my time and then i also you know, try to stay fit and maintain my relationships and all that stuff. And it's, it's a lot of time, but, you know, if I had to cut, you know, some of those things, the studio would definitely be one of the last to go.
1: I mean, one of the things I noticed just from, you know, coming from community college and then going to Western Carolina for a semester and then transferring here is, you know, obviously the focus at a lot of these schools is on athletics, Mm -hmm. yeah, right. And on student government, Mm -hmm. you know, the kind of the big time legacy style clubs, yeah. And I've kind of noticed that a lot of these smaller organizations in, in, in college campuses across America have such untapped potential. Mm. Like just these, I mean, just everyday interactions. That's the reason why I started this podcast was to, to have conversations like this, yep. to realize the untapped potential that there is out there. And I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I think like a lot of the clubs at UNC Charlotte have just such amazing potential and amazing people and creative and innovative yeah. No, I, I mean I don't know how you guys feel about how why that is kind of the stigmatism across college campuses
2: yeah um definitely like in relation to that legacy like one great opportunity that we have here at Uptown audio is being part of the same organization as other groups that do have legacy we are right across the hall from niner times they've been running since oh god uh not under the, the same name. Not here, under the same right. name, but they definitely were already going by the time that Charlotte moved from Charlotte College to the University of North Carolina officially here. Um, That's like, yeah, you're talking you're you're talking fifties, right? you know, you're talking sixties, <laughs> um, and as well as Nova, who is you know just down the hall from them as well. Um, they used to operate under the name Sanskrit, which they just changed two years ago, just to get rid of some confusion because people thought it was like a Hindi study class, uh, ancient Hindu study class or something like that but uh um, no, and so like these groups both have legacy as far as content goes as well, I mean uh, both of them just have monstrous amount of history, we've got list of alumni upon list of alumni who have been in these organizations and you see this in other schools as well um, when you look at uh nc state or chapel hill like they have like chapel hill has the daily tar heel that is a very very prestigious uh like student-run media organization and it's only been built like that by people that have sat down and like intentionally thought what functionally on an organizational level and this and a lot of for a lot of people it does bother them to sit back and think about what structure they're operating through because it's like That's not the fun part of the job we do. It really isn't. It's actually
0: intimidating. It can be kind of terrifying for a lot of people.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I enjoy it a little bit, but um, it's one of those things. Like, that's not the fun part of the job. And so it's like people that do that have sat down, intentionally thought, and created a framework and a structure and, you know, essentially like operating, you know, procedures and whatnot for all of these things that have created a machine that has been operating for 60, some of, I I mean, in the case of Daily Target, I mean, you're talking about, a a newspaper almost as old as the school itself. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're talking about almost a hundred years of people between the ages on average of 18 and 22 operating an entire organization and keeping it running. Like the turnover rate on that is absolutely Mm. ridiculous. And to sit here and think that we sit at the origin or the cusp of something like that is very, very, important because what it means is that we sit down and very intentionally think about all these things well in advance so that way um we can come up with solutions to problems that haven't come up yet you know and that's that's called i mean that's just thinking proactively and that's what we want to do here because what that means is that we allow ourselves and afford ourselves the freedom to think about the product think about the the creative part of the work that we do do. And that's just, I mean, that that's what everyone's here for. You know, you hear podcasts, you don't think about, all right, I really love sitting down and editing audio. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, we're not audio engineers, we're just like guys that get behind the mic and talk. You know, so we think about the speech, we think about the conversation, we don't think about the, all right, how am I gonna market this and all this stuff? So, SEO and, you know, social media platform, you know, optimization, how am I gonna get the most clicks on this? You know, it's not things like that. you need people like that, but that's not what we're doing here. It's not it's what not most people. Are. That's not what attracts people, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean the reason I asked that is because, I mean, you guys know they're, NASA's doing the um, like orbit around the moon, and the girl that's part of that team, she's from NC State, she was yeah. in the science club there, you yeah. know, and like hmm. the interest in the science club like shot way up once she, they announced she was going to be orbiting around the moon. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah, because then people see the reward. Like a whole lot of people's participation in these student organizations is driven by reward. I mean, that's, you know, every, you could make an argument that basically every human behavior is driven in some way by reward. But especially, you know, something you were talking about earlier, Michael, that I I thought was really interesting is just the sheer amount of untapped talent in these organizations. And, you know, what you just said about NASA and the girl from NC State made me think of this. And that is that you're absolutely right. There is a lot of untapped talent because there are not rewards to match yeah. Uh, people's talent levels yeah. right um, and a lot of that you know a lot of times you have to kind of create your own reward you got to make your own um, kind of incentive to do it you've got to have that internal locus of control that self motivation um, but a lot of times yeah there's there's massive amounts of untapped talent because um, you know if you're doing something prestigious like being on the football team or the the basketball team and you've got thousands of people watching you and cheering your name it's very easy to feel rewarded for that right but if you're equally talented in something that's a little more thankless um you know it's it's harder to stay motivated doing something like that frankly and so you know it makes perfect sense that the the interest in that club shot up because suddenly you know wow you know it's something people can relate to they look up and they say there's someone like me that did something great and was rewarded for it you know maybe I can emulate that and that's one of the reasons that I think your show is so valuable and and that I really you know appreciate what you're doing <laughs> is that you're giving people like that an opportunity to just talk mm-hmm. and those people need an opportunity to talk an opportunity to be heard you know because there are a lot of people with great talents out there who um you know their talents are not things that people would normally think of as you know oh that's prestigious or oh that's you know gonna get me this or that or it's gonna get me fame or mansion or lambo but you know if you just sit down and, and hear them out you'll be surprised at just how far their ideas can get
1: yeah. And I, I mean, just from, and I appreciate that. I mean, just no the, problem. the very, you know, few conversations I've had because of the opportunity you guys have given me through this podcast is, you know, I, I've, I think I've learned some of the talents that I have. Mm. You know, I think a lot of times people don't realize that they have talents in this. And I think when you're just given an opportunity to see like, oh, you have a talent in this and you can take that skill and develop it. I think that's really what creates just mind boggling, results you know i mean i'm not expecting this to be the next big thing or be the next joe rogan that's 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 not the intention with it but i think you know if you look back on his journey he started off doing like stuff over you know zoom and like facetime and you know it was real rough you know now and he's got a billion downloads a year
0: yeah gotta start somewhere crazy You
1: you never really know i think like if again it comes down to what i was talking about you know if you're passionate about something and you just keep doing it and you keep working at it you know, it's like repetition in the gym. Mm. You know, you're eventually going to get results. It's going to take time. But if you stay consistent and disciplined in that, you know, eventually you're going to you look in the mirror and be like, wow, that looks way different. Yeah.
0: You yeah. know,
1: my tricep looks different. Like Greg right? Doucette
0: yeah. says, harder than last time or whatever his catchphrase is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: and i don't know if you guys have read the book by david goggin's where it's uh,
2: can't hurt can't
0: me can't hurt me man what a good book i haven't haven't read it but i've had it recommended to me by
2: a lot of people a crazy amount of times dude like i've got so many books to read but that's definitely up there yeah i, I yeah. think
1: you know there's some days where i'm like oh it's raining outside i'm just going to sit in bed and i go on like audible and i see just listen to 2 minutes of it, and you're like never mind i'm going to go build a car <laughs> from scratch you know <laughs> gee <enough stuff." laughs>
0: Going to go mine the materials uh, and draw up a blueprint. No, I
2: just, I I don't understand why I didn't think about just getting up and getting in a ruck right now. You know, like I I really needed a 15 mile ruck during this torrential rain that's, you know, recommended I stay indoors and away from windows, but you know, I'm about it like that. (laughs) Yeah. And
1: I remember when I read that book, I actually, I was looking at, you know, Spartan races and stuff like that. And I was like, oh man, like I want to do a Spartan race. It looks like it's cool. You know, it seems like something I want to add, you know, to my like list of accomplishments. And I was like, man, but I can't do that. It's three miles. It's like thirty obstacles. You're just kind of like, there's no way. And, you know, all bad, these, man. these like beast people on like the, the, commercials for it, and I was I read his book. And I was like, you know, I'm just gonna do it. It's like I don't care. I have to crawl or walk the whole way. Did you do it? Oh yeah. Oh, hell yeah, bro. Oh, yeah. I love. to hear Oh yeah. That. No, I I uh, Amen. I did it. Uh, I'm actually doing the one in Concord. What is that? It's like two weeks from now. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's become an addiction. I, I
2: actually like do want to sign up for a Spartan race. I've also yeah. looked at uh, Ironmans. Um, Those are no joke. Man's. Man, I don't so know. You uh, got to work up to that. I don't just know to not die. why. Why you remember Mr. Yans from high school? Yeah. Yeah, our chemistry teacher. I mean, you didn't never like like I don't want to be rude to Mr. Yans because oh, no, Mr. No, Yans, no, Yans was my swim coach yeah. um, in high school, but and, and chemistry teacher. But was he older? Uh, he's he actually the same age as my like dad. So 45 or I, he was born in, like I know he's, bo- so he's probably like, he's about to turn 53. Cause man, oh, those, wow, those really? swim coaches yeah. are yeah. freaking tanks. No, I mean, they're just, well, the thing multiple. is, is like the most brutal part of that race. And I like, you know, whatever anyone wants to throw any shade at me on an Ironman is the swimming, right? Yeah. There are people oh, that can yeah. run for days Yeah, that the moment they're in the water, they're just dead fish. Just yeah. cannot move. No, I totally get you it. You know, And the hard part about that is like the swimming part. Because, I mean, you are literally in something that your body is not physiologically built for. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Like we are not developed for swimming. Like some of us are better at it because we have wider feet, a little bit of a longer pole. But yeah. put They're us next to any form same. of fish. It just We just lose. Just, we yeah. lose yeah. in every race because and, and it's not where we're supposed to be. There's also
0: just an abyssal element to swimming where uh, it can be very intimidating because you know – even if you're wearing a life vest, even if there's a boat right beside you, you know, mm. if you stop, if you stop running, the worst thing that happens is, is you gag a little bit and you cough and you'll be fine in 10 minutes, right? Like, even I remember the first time that, you know, I, I recently picked up running uh, and the first time I timed my mile. Man, I ran so hard that it was like by the end of it, I was tasting blood from breathing so much. Oh, yeah. I was about I threw you know up feeling. I threw yeah. up everywhere and uh Let me try as that. I sat down <laughs> yeah. and I sat down and I was like, Man, that felt like that about killed me. But compared to, to the idea of if I stop swimming, you know, I will be pulled down under this current to God knows where, God knows how deep as that's intimidating so there's a psychological element to swimming as well that's just flat out scary
2: yeah. no i don't think i finished my thought though but uh uh yeah so mr Yance does iron man's he does one every year like whew. i mean he like it when he told us he's like yeah guys like i won't be at swim practice for like uh the rest of this week he's like um i'm going to do an iron man i was like what you never told us about just, this like like, like it, was just like, practice, it like, was just like practice it was just like i mean we still had practice you know because he's hard like that but uh no honestly like as far as like influential people go in my past like he's he's definitely up there uh swim i I love swimming i really do i tried doing it a lot more when i was here at college just because like covid kind of cut us off didn't get my uh senior year of swim luckily enough i got to finish up my junior year of swim before that all happened but uh Nah, man. So uh, I try. I joined the swim team when I came here, and I just like again. That was that was the thing that got the cut for me, as far as like trying to focus on other things. But uh, I
1: think swimming is also it's like the activity where you burn the most calories. Mm. Yeah, I believe like that.
2: so. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, it, it's when you're doing it, when you're doing it, like like you can wade a lot and do like nothing, but like you said, rowing. Yeah, rowing burns. Rowing a ton is of calories. dude. <sighs>
1: it's like those. It's like rowing teams that they have. I wanted to join a row insane. I
2: Dude, I wanted to join a row team, dude. That's just so cool. I'd be the row one, one so out of sync. Crazy. No. Yeah. I would be so out of sync. I just have a hard time not doing it without singing sea shanties or something. Like, you know what I'm saying? Once more, once more. <laughs> no, I just feel like it'd be definitely like part of the sport. You know? Now I
1: question yeah. what they're saying while they're actually out there rowing. Like, yeah. are they actually out there singing or are they just like counting uh, it off?
2: I mean, I don't know. It's one of those things. Uh, rowing is a weird sport, but it's like oddly cool. Like I, I yeah. think, like you know, when you break it down for what it is, like it sounds stupid. It's like yeah, like it's guys in a boat, like seeing how fast they can go. But yeah. like, like the motion of rowing, I just really like. Like you know, I well, you love, think about it too. I like like, rowing like, in the gym, I like, like Vikings and stuff like uh, that. that. I mean, that's that's obviously I mean, like the arc is you know.
1: Just like these giant ships with like roars sticking out the side. Yeah. And you're just like, all right, as Hundreds one, we're going to move this yeah. football-sized boat. You know, I bet those guys were just massive. Absolutely massive monstrous, physique,
0: man. Yeah, you know, some sports just are really good at producing people with just incredible physiques. And those are the sports that like, like I don't know, there's just something next level about like even gymnastics, for example. Like gymna- oh, gymnast gosh, physiques man. are crazy rower physiques are crazy fighter physiques like yeah. wrestlers yeah. dude wrestlers are some of the hardest people i've ever met yeah. like and you know like i've got nothing but respect for every martial art like bjj guys and like yeah. muay thai like huge respect love martial arts yeah um wrestlers are a different breed they, they are. are hard as nails my roommate um he's uh he's a wrestler he's a, a little guy he's like 130 pounds but i call him the human pitbull Mm. Because once he grabs you, you're done. He doesn't let go. He's got that locked jaw, like wrestlers are something
2: else. They're they're the dudes when they're down, they're not out. You know what I'm saying? Like, on the ground, doesn't matter. Upside down, don't care. It's the same with gymnasts. You know, like, like they literally practice things that are not wired into our brain.
1: Yeah, I I, I think, like. The whole definition of gymnastics is to like defy what is humanly possible. Yeah, right? it, it's yeah. to do
2: what is physically possible, but you really have to retrain your mind. And yeah. it, like one of the hardest things about doing like backflips over front flips, and like people think like, oh, well, you got to rotate forward for a front flip. Like, like, but like doing a backflip, it is flipping into the unknown. It is, yeah. you know, like you cannot see behind you. Yeah, and you I, are uh, rotating into it. You know what I'm saying?
1: I watched um, that Netflix uh, docuseries called Cheer. Mm-hmm. Where they like went into the lot, they like followed. Uh, I think it was Navarro College, down in uh Texas. And they like followed the the cheer team and all the way to the big national championship in Daytona. And it's kind of like, you know, they went with the stigmatism in the beginning, like oh, like cheerleaders are not just dumb blondes or like it's popular no, girls or whatever. Yeah. like serious athletes.
2: You oh know? yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, no, it's they all are. The stuff they do. So they mean, are. It's like yeah, it's a, it's a sport. Yeah, yeah, I mean compared to gymna- yeah. like it's it's in there with gymnastics. Like they're not doing. I, I want to say that cheerleading doesn't have the same skill work as gymnastics because I think right. gymnastics is much more varied, right. But it's almost the same kind of people doing it, you know what I'm saying. Right. Like a lot of people I mean uh, and you know you can it's almost, check this out it's like but, applied gymnastics. but right. I, I feel like most people that are in cheer were in gymnastics at some point, right. or also vice versa. There's a lot of people in gymnastics that did cheer. I think, like,
1: the best way they described it was it's, like, gymnastics mixed with dance, you know, mixed with, like, Cirque du Soleil type stuff. You know, I mean, still, I think it's just wild that, you know, these little, like, 90-pound girls are getting, like, thrown, like, 40-plus feet Absolutely just
2: just flung and then caught by other humans. Or, I mean,
1: in some cases dropped. I've seen some, like, really, like, fail, like cheerleading videos where girls are like broke their necks like broke their backs because they're like god that's terrible no it's horrible man the air yeah that takes a lot i think that honestly for me that would be more psychological oh yeah just absolutely you gotta break down so many walls i mean like that'd be like okay i'm gonna hold this 100 pound girl in the air and i can't drop her
2: that would be psychological. if i drop
0: harder for me than even like fighting like i'd rather step in the ring with like Habib Nurmagomedov. Yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his, but really really good fighter and get my ass handed to me then know that if I drop this chick like she's going to break her back. Oh, I would 100% Cause, cause knock I out Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and drop
1: a beautiful girl and be like,
0: "Oh crap." Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Dude, yeah. Me, me like, too. I just
2: broke this girl's neck. She's paralyzed. You get
0: knocked out, you like, wake up, you dust it off, you're fine, you have a concussion, wear some sunglasses for a few days. Before. Yeah, that's
2: like in my code of operation. Like meant to take hits, not meant to, you know, <laughs> accidentally make people lose lives you know right right conor mcgregor is something else though oh yeah that kid i mean you were talking about like
1: martial arts i think conor mcgregor has just like kind of mastered
0: martial arts in the last several years i'm not yeah. too familiar with McGregor, I'm, I'm not honestly. big in the
2: ufc fighting scene but i do like
0: yeah, ufc is a sport fascinates me and actually yeah. martial arts as a whole fascinate me um, I would really, really love to learn one and i i 'm actually i'm going to learn a martial art. I've Have you taken a class mind. I used to so like a long time ago when I was a kid, I did like several years of taekwondo, but that was doesn 't really boat. count because I was a kid right um but i like i 've got this itch like I yeah. want to go learn it you know it's it's something that's just it's on my mind. I think about yeah. it almost every day um Really, at this point, it's just a matter of making time, but I'm going to do it. I
1: think yeah. you should you should try, like, jujitsu. Yeah.
0: A lot yeah. of people recommend jujitsu to yeah. me. Um, I'm also interested in Muay Thai. There's a, there's a Muay Thai gem near here, actually.
2: Yeah.
1: Muay Thai is, it's intense. Yeah, yeah, I've heard so. Like, I mean, it's not like you just go to a class. I mean, it's like yeah. a lifestyle. Yeah. Like, you have to be 100% present. Yeah, at I've, all times, just taking those classes because I mean, a lot of those guys they take it seriously. Like, that's yeah. I mean, they've spent Good. their entire life like mastering their craft. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not something you just walk into, like, oh, I'm here for class. That's just, true, like, that's true. Like, man. they expect you to be present. It's not
2: your yoga fitness class, no. right? <laughs> yeah, right. And
1: I mean, there's just so much with martial arts now, like, there's so much out there. Yeah, you know, a lot of guys will end up taking multiple classes and combination like yeah, cross-referencing you
2: know. and, and that's where this beautiful thing called mma came in you yeah. know like uh, what i'm saying it's like like the the clash of the arts it really yeah. is it's absolutely that's that's what i want to do is mma um just because i feel like i'll really be able to kind of and i know i'll sound like a gamer saying this spec into what i actually like am interested in um but oh god what was i gonna say no with taekwondo uh i took taekwondo for I want to say a year and a half or so when I was in third grade or something like that. It was, uh, I mean, it was interesting, but looking back on it and you know, I don't really want to offend anyone out there that's taking Taekwondo, but it on its own to be able for it to be super crazy useful. You have to be fighting someone else that's using Taekwondo.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a dance. almost. It yeah. really
2: is a dance. And it really like, oh God, you always imbalance yourself. Like, like many of the moves that are archetypal to Taekwondo involve you removing one of your stance points from the ground you know you're using your leg for operating as opposed to like your arms so you move to a single point of contact with ground which as everyone knows like you want to keep as much on the ground as you really can because i mean that's where you're most stable that's where you generate your most power
1: are you guys big star wars
0: fans yeah i'm i'm pretty familiar i used to be I'm I'm not too much of a big fan of the the stuff that like Disney puts out no, nowadays. I, but that's but not, real yeah. that's not, <laughs> not real Star Wars. I don't care what anyone says. That's not real. I don't care if it's yeah. canon.
1: I don't care. <laughs> the minute they said nope. the word "you got trolled" in like what did, is it, they, The Force did they Awakens? It? Yeah. So like they in did the Force, that oh my in, the, God. in the Force Holy Awakens. Hell. I think it was. It was like they made a joke, and the one of the the rebel guys turns around. And he's like, "I believe you just got trolled." I was like, that's not Star Wars talk. You know what I mean? That's that's not, that's Disney. Yeah, the last Um, really
0: good Star Wars they put out was the Clone Wars. Oh, really? I was a huge Clone Wars fan as a kid. Dude, Captain Rex was my hero.
1: You know, everybody talks about uh, when George Lucas made episode one, two, and three, Mm -hmm. Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones and the the Phantom Menace. Everyone talks junk about those, but I I think they're actually really good. I
2: find it absolutely hilarious that most of those have gotten swept under the bed yeah. in the past like five years because of how bad these recent movies have been yeah um well, there's no creativity well
0: it's <laughs> just a rerun of a rerun and it's tired and boring and it does no world building like that's yeah. what i loved about one two and three right the prequels there was a hell of a lot of world built. you had this massive well, had dynamic yeah. universe with billions of soldiers in combat and it was yeah. just it was massive it was huge it was immersive there was lore there was history yeah. there were politics and subterfuge and, and just all of these interesting things and i love the clone wars for the same reason because there were new cultures and dynamics and you know political struggles and histories and it all kind of played into this beautiful mosaic and then you get to episode seven and it's just like dropping the lightsaber and it's the old lightsaber it's too flashy yeah and you know it says a lot well it talks a lot and says nothing yeah Talks a lot and says that's that's
2: actually deep. <laughs> that's actually one hundred percent
1: representative of what that movie that's was. Deep. I mean, yeah. the re- so the reason I brought Star Wars up is so if you watch like a lot of the older documentaries for one, two, and three, the stunt coordinator's name was Nick Gillard. He was actually like a kendo master, you know, where he used the sticks, and so he would oh, take really? like all that's these crazy. these MMA like styles, and he would combine them into the lightsaber moves. That, so like he's like, if you would watch wherever they strike or wherever you parry and block. There's really no other move, right? And like he would just mix all that stuff together. And that's that's
2: fascinating. absolutely beautiful. And it's and, just like it's wild. And uh, this is what uh, I feel like one, two, and three were definitely an excellent modernization add-on to four, five, and six. Yeah. And the reason is is that if you look back at like the times and the way that sort of like like literature as well as like um. Entertainment in almost any like medium, like sort of worked in that uh, that era, is that it involves one shot, right? And what I mean by that is that you've got movies like Commando. We're never we're not going to get movies like Commando nowadays, like no. with Arnold Schwarzenegger, no. or Predator. Like imagine getting just one Predator, right? Being left alone. One Terminator. Imagine just getting one like where. There's no world building. There's not a whole lot of characterization. There's just base level information and you experience the story as the way the characters do almost. That's not the way we do anything. And it honestly, like in some regards, kills me. But that happened with four, five, and six, too. Right. You did not really learn a whole lot. I mean, I mean, the movie starts with, you know, the the Imperial Army and Darth Vader attacking the rebel ship. Right. You're thrown into the story and you just have to experience it with the characters.
0: You, you, you you know, kind of start to get to know the universe as it unfolds in front of you. Right. You know, and, you know, one, two, and three did a whole lot of world building, which I actually, I like that a lot, but it only worked because there was not a lot of it in four, five, and six. Right. Yeah, and
2: that's what I was saying is that that actually is a very, very great add-on to the way that movies worked back then is because now we can go back and re-envision and re-watch those new movies with this new world-building experience that these previous movies have provided. So whether or not you think that The Phantom Menace is boring as hell and has just like C-Span-like content of alien, you know, yeah, yeah. alien God, politics, like, like, yeah. like, yeah, it's boring, but it's so crucial to the way that the other movies operate. Those reinvigorate your care for those movies. You know what, what I'm saying? It's a system. Yeah.
0: It's a system of films. Well, right? and I think
2: you're
1: talking about world-building, and I think- the Jurassic Park series, yeah, like in the beginning, it's kind of the first one is kind of this mysterious it's you don't really get to explore the island, but as like things have gone on, we're in like the Jurassic world age now, yeah they've kind of expanded it and allowed you to see more of the world where these dinosaurs live in, and I think they've done a good job at that,
2: yeah, and going back to the Star Wars example, the way that all that all connects in with like the seven eight and nine, and I'm gonna say this, and I haven't seen eight and nine. I stopped after Rogue One. I said that's yeah. a fucking nuff. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not watching any more of these movies. Yeah. And that's not to say the Rogue One, from what I hear, was the best out of all four of those movies. I fell asleep. Um, I did too. No, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, no because well, like when none of the characters were relatable. Yeah, I felt uh, like Solo so char- wasn't. I didn't see Solo. It wasn't Solo garbage. Wasn't yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it was. But all
1: it right. just it it just it, felt it like just I was watching right. a cartoon. It was just alright. But man.
2: yeah, again, so I stopped there, and th- I feel like in some regards. Seven, eight, nine, Rogue One, Solo, all this extra stuff, including the television show, represent this chronic ailment that modern entertainment has of world building to a degree that is not necessarily unacceptable, but like just diseaseful. You know, like like I like, had no idea you were so passionate about. <laughs> no, and, and, and I mean you see this in like Marvel too. Like, oh, it's, Marvel just like it's just like it's just like not every. Point. One thing that is very very crucial to telling someone a story and it's what makes these like if you go back to ancient european like sagas and things like that and most myths is that mystery is one of the driving factors of wanting to learn but you cannot learn everything and it's archetypical and archetypal and representative of human life is that you cannot learn everything and not all knowledge is 100% securable to yourself individually. Do you,
1: do you think that that's why the Lord of the Rings
2: was so successful? I I think, <laughs> yeah. Dude, and absolutely.
0: I, I didn't even put those two together, but you're, you're totally right.
2: Definitely. And the fact that they took, like, the okay, so the Lord of the Rings has a lot of really, really big world building to it. Yeah. But the, the story ends. The story ends. There's no follow-up to the Fourth Age with, uh you know, like Frodo. On, they destroy the ring, and then – it's just kind of like uh, they just go back to life. Like there's so a little the bit of understanding. Side. Like there's the Silmarillion and a lot not a lot of people like that because of the way Tolkien does do storytelling. And a lot of people don't like reading The Lord of the Rings because the way Tolkien does story building. I loved it because it's you know, you look at the map in the front of the book and you look at the map and you yeah. understand what he's talking about. You understand everything in reference to some form of geo he's genuinely building a world in a non movie generation. Well, I think era. it's
1: also important to understand too that. Peter Jackson, the director, he filmed all three of those movies simultaneously. Oh yeah, yeah, and that—I that. mean—that's tough. Yeah, like you can't—that
0: is a huge accomplishment. I
1: mean, you're not focusing on one specific like world. You're 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 taking the world that was laid out in front of you, and you're making three stories simultaneously. I mean, that's difficult. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: and I think that the Hobbit, the Hobbit movies, like coming after that. Uh, listen, the Hobbit movies were okay. Like, I think they were geared towards more kids. Well, I mean, the, yeah, the yeah. Hobbit's a kid's book. Yeah. The Hobbit's a kid's book. Like any any day of the week. And people that sit back and say, oh, the Hobbit was boring. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that's honestly like.
0: I love the Hobbit. That was the first like long book I read. I probably read that when it? I was like seven or eight or something. Man, yeah. the Same. first time I actually picked up a book and could not put it down. Yeah, you guys, uh, Did
1: you guys ever read memories. those books, uh, The Magic?
0: Was it the Magic Treehouse?
1: The Magic Treehouse. Yeah. yeah I, I mean,
2: like I kind of flew through the those because like when we were in elementary school, I don't know if you had this because you, you still lived in Alabama at the time. Yeah. Um, accelerated, what was it? Accelerated reading or whatever. Yeah. It was where like, you had to take the I little quizzes yeah. and whatnot. I read the Magic Treehouse books because you could literally like sit there, take the quiz and hold the the backside of yeah. the book, which you'd already skimmed through in the past 30 minutes and get a two-point quiz or, so, or one or two-point quiz. You needed 10 a month. It's like...
1: I was going to say, it took 30 minutes to read those books anyway. Yeah,
2: so. and, and no, no, no. Like, I think the issue was is that the way that they set up that system really led everyone at a higher age reading lower-level books. Whoa. No, no I, I mean, like, because like, I'm in fifth grade reading The Magic Treehouse. Like, come on, bro. You know, you, you like, you're... Do you think that that's why, like, college students like
1: us have a harder time reading some of these seasoned textbooks no. that are out...
2: For no, classes, I, or do they I just I, not want to read them? No, before? I think there's something far more stru- like structural behind that. You're talking about iPad kids. You are talking about yeah. Like we're the yeah. first we're the fe- first taste gen with like like Xbox 360 came out, you know, a couple of years after I was born. Oh, Jesus Everyone had God. one. Attention spans were already being demolished. It's I mean, like
0: we didn't even have Cocoa Melon. Like I pity the generate uh, generation alpha, the the, the yeah, people that the are current, coming after us oh, my God, the ones that just were born with an iPad in their hands and, like, cocoa yeah. melon, that, is, that shit is destructive. They yeah. are going to reap what their parents sowed, and it's going to be extremely... It's going to be bad, dude. Do. I like, mean, just,
1: like, at my job, right, like, kids will be acting up, and their parents are just like, here, here's your iPad. I'm like,
2: what? It's a new here. pacifier.
1: I mean, <laughs> You're like, my mom used to just be like, shoot, here's a ball, shut up. You no,
2: and like, my... <laughs> Like I've heard my dad say this to my cousins before when giving them parenting advice. It's like at some point they run out of tears. Okay. They really do. <laughs> you can let them cry. I love man. it, man. No, let them sit there I and cry. It. And and what you're doing is you're teaching them a structure of like, stop whining. Like you can't whine for everything. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta wait for shit. Like yeah. sometimes life sucks because nothing's happening but you just got to wait.
0: And you know, like I'll kind of balance that by saying you need to be, you know, hundred, you need to be attentive to your children's needs, right? Yeah. You need to meet your children's needs, your children's emotional needs, your children's physical needs. However, your children, like your child does not need that thing that they want. Like distinguishing needs versus wants is probably the most important thing here. Right. And they can't just make a, a want into a need by crying about it. Right. Do you think that that's created like this
1: kind of level of like people like that are failing? They're just like, oh, whatever, or like graduation rates have gone down. It's like, I mean, if I, I mean, if I get anything below a ninety, I'm like knocking on my professor's door, like, yo, yeah. how do I fix this, right? Like, I'm not asking them like to change my grade. I'm like, what can I do specifically oh, that yeah, will get
0: totally. me a, a, an A? Yeah, right. Well, I mean yeah i i I totally relate to that and i wasn't that way in high school in high school i was i kind of fell in with that crowd that was like you know whatever c's degrees yeah yeah the c's get degrees c's get degrees they're right now like you know i made an 85 on a test recently and i was like you know before i would just looked at the average the average was like a 58 or something like that it's like you know i did well above average but I, i was still like how could i have done better on that right and that's yeah that's something i feel like um I'm trying really hard to develop the skill of being self-critical in a healthy way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I've dealt with the same thing too, is like, it just feels good to do well, you know, like, like I'm not going to lie. Like, like it feels good to feel like in the case of like in an English class, when you're writing a good paper and you receive a high grade, I mean, that's validation for not only your structure of what you presented to them. And I know I've said that word like way too many times, but your organization of ideas as well as the way that you present them. Right. And that feels good. That feels good. That's a validating concept. As well as in mathematics, like a good grade is, you know, that's something that proves that you know how to follow these systems that they've laid out for you. Because, like, the only way that, and, you know, hypothetically, the only way you should fail anything in mathematics is that you have forgotten the rules. Right. Right. And I mean, like, if we break it down to that structure, you just say, like, all right, it's that simple. I just need to figure out the rules and then do the mathematics. Right. And if you just believe that solely, Right, It's like, I just got to figure out what the rules are, put the numbers through those rules, and then I will receive the answer. And hypothetically, I should receive 100. Right?
1: You know, one of the specific things that I chose not to do while, when I first came to UNCC was not look at things like rate my professor. Because you go on there, and I think a lot of times people are just disgruntled because they didn't put the yeah. work in that was expected. And yeah, like, oh, 100%. this person was a tough grader. Oh, and yeah. that's, that's No, something
2: I, I actually do like looking at, Yeah, I, I, like, I
1: honestly will go and look for the ones that have the worst reviews because I'm looking for a challenge on how to better myself yeah. in the
2: field that I'm interested in. Well, that
0: yeah. really is some David Coggins stuff. You know? right there.
2: That is. <laughs> no, no, no. And I do agree with you, but um, like the one time that I do understand a Rate My Professor review being low, and I, I've rated professors low before, yeah. it's lack of communication, lack of yeah. quality Here's communication. That's the only thing. Learn. The moment I see someone say, their class was hard, I'm like- Oh, I see the, the fucking failed to show grade because like, like there's a show grade category or dropped class. It was too hard. Like suck it the fuck up, bro. It's college. You know what I'm saying? I think a lot of that
1: happened during COVID (sighs) when we switched to like this virtual
2: learning, right? Everything,
1: people, the professors, I think were kind of, they had to tailor their curriculums and their, their stuff to to be be convenient for everybody else. And we kind of got Yeah. We got used to that. Onlineable.
2: You know, like, like, oh, I'm going to
1: go ahead and drop this assignment since, you know, COVID hit and everybody's at home. Well, I'll just go ahead and drop that. And everybody got used to that. And now it's almost like this expected. Mm -hmm. It's like we're still stuck in this like COVID mindset being in school. And
0: and packet learning too, right? And the whole flipped classroom thing where you learn outside of the classroom and then practice in the classroom. Man, what good is a teacher if they're not instructing you? Like you need to be receiving your instructions from a teacher. Yeah. Right. I can teach myself any skill, but... Why am I paying a teacher if I'm teaching myself the skill? Right. it. Yeah. And,
2: big and big one big thing problem. I want to yeah one thing I want to say about the flip classroom model because like obviously I've transferred out of computer science I'm very very familiar with flip classroom they actually preach it at the beginning of, they're like this is a flip classroom you will be learning on your own if you do not do the homework at home you will be uninformed for class classes are worthless in that system yeah and oh, I want to like, say this about the like I want to say this about the flip classroom. As it is modern, modernized. There used to be a thing called, like, yeah, you go home and learn the material. You know what you do when you come to class? You have a discussion with your peers about the material to then, as a group, find the best way to formulate the information into an understandable, like, medium. Well, I think people
1: have forgotten about the definition of what a credit hour means. Yeah. It does not mean you get three hours per hour of participation in class. No, that is one hour out of a class that you're spending a week, right? The other two are, are what you apply to it out is what is expected of you outside of this class.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and it's like, I mean, what if they only gave you half of a credit hour because you just show up to class, you don't do any of the, the hard work outside.
2: No, I mean if they you gave know? if they gave credit hours based on grade received quality of work, dude, there there are some of these people in my classes that would take ten years yeah, to graduate. A hundred Because they, you know, like uh you know i just made a like a 35 on my chemistry test i'm like first off but it's
0: no big yelp pad the
1: grade but you're sitting I'm in like, the back watching a movie you're playing games on your computer watching
0: subway surfers andrew tate vids on <laughs> on tiktok yeah. so here's
1: here's my thing is like we're putting all this money into it whether you have grants scholarships or you you have student loans you're putting all this money into something might as well get something out of it right yeah. it's
2: money now or money later it's still your money like you know right. what I'm saying? like it's an
1: investment, right? yeah, and like for me, like trying to go into the field of law, like be a lawyer, I want to
0: know what the hell I'm talking about. you yeah. need to know what the hell you're talking yeah.
2: about. you I'm actually like, have you, to you,
1: like I don't want to go in who there. are
0: going to depend on you to like with yeah. their freedom,
1: yeah, exactly. It's like when you have somebody, yeah like if you have a death penalty case,
0: yeah, you better know like what the hell you're talking about. And cut back to the conversation about holding the cheerleader,
2: <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. Yeah, God. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Ten percent error of margin on that is not a good ratio. You know what I'm saying? Hell like one percent margin of 1% error. One percent margin that of be error better. means one in a hundred people I mean, that you serve is dying because you didn't do your job properly. And this is know? this is gonna sound really
1: out there, but I'm kind of shifting the, the subject, but gotcha. don't worry. What if, don't it, worry. if if like the aliens ever came down here, right? And we had to defend <laughs> one of the aliens in court, right? <laughs> okay. Are you gonna be responsible for like sending the only alien to ever walk the earth to prison? <laughs> so i want to know what i'm talking about right not that i think aliens are real no but that I, was like the worst subject. i totally get what you're going no at i get
0: though. the like, conversation you're trying to transition if you, know, you right? if you <laughs> look at every um like if you look at you know every human life is kind of a valuable and unique thing and you're in charge of it um you stop looking at it as a one percent margin of error and you start looking at it as okay but i didn't save that one right that that's, a whole yeah, you just that's a whole another rabbit hole. thats a whole another two-hour conversation. Yeah. yeah,
2: I know. You start on the, the the expenditure of life conversation. The do I switch the train? Do I switch which track it's going on to save four people, or do I want to have no responsibility for? Ex- yeah, what is it life? that trolley analogy? The trolley problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trolley which analogy. Of course, of we can talk about on. aliens
0: if you gentlemen would like. But yeah. I did just want to throw that out there.
2: Yeah. No, no, no. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. In I don't think aliens are real anyway. Uh, you don't.
0: See, they're either alone. real or they're or we're alone, and both of those are scary.
2: I don't know. I don't find the scary one too like, I, I alone one too scary. No, I don't. Well, I, I've said this before about, that. about I don't think
1: that aliens exist in the term of like these little green men with antennas. Yeah, like yeah the big yeah, eyes. yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think that. Does that mean like you go to Mars? There's got to be a bug running around somewhere or a germ. Yeah, micro like, like bacteria, you know of some sort. That's what I mean when I say
0: like fungus, other life. Like a tardigrade. You know what? Yeah. You, you ever heard of tardigrades? Is that like no. dental? No. It's so the tardigrade is it's. Because <laughs> <they're> like you <laughs> have tartar on like your a, teeth, right? No. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay so but then there's
1: black, stuff called tartar okay. <laughs> sauce. and
0: it's like <laughs> it <just laughs> it? yeah. slather my teeth in tartar they're sauce. They're like invincible yeah. bugs, right? So they're they're these tiny little. I don't know if they're mites, but they're these tiny little bugs. They're microscopic. You can't even see them, but They've been exposed to the vacuum of space. They've been exposed to heat that could like literally set something on fire, like thrown into flames. Uh, They've been deprived of oxygen for like years at a time, I think. I don't know. Somebody, feel free to fact check me. It sounds like you're talking about demons. They don't die. They don't like nothing you can do kills them. They yeah. they can withstand insane amounts of pressure. Look it up. Can
2: you like swing an axe at them? Will your axe break on them? You know what I'm saying? Uh, like, are you, like, are they actually like, you like, have like to real cast bugs? It back? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's real tardigrades. It's spelled uh, t a r d i g r a d e s. Like do you have so, what about a nuclear blast? Okay, that would probably do it. in. Uh, yeah. I, I care <laughs> anything that vaporizes I, heard,
1: metal. The way you said that, it's like yeah. what about a nuclear yeah. blast? That would probably do it. In <laughs>
2: I, I would hope so, you know. A nuclear probably blast. wouldn't get cockroaches, but you know, he'd probably get them. <laughs> I don't, I, I feel like cockroaches aren't resilient. What is, resilient that? What is it?
1: Fallout? Yeah, nuclear Fallout.
2: Nuclear fallout? Yeah.
1: Even like uh, the game Fallout, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have uh, you guys ever played that? Yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Like, there's bugs in that. They're huge. Yeah, they're like freaking
2: dragonfly like on Lego. steroids. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It's like, yeah. So yeah, it's there like, has, has to the, be. If you've got a bug ick, uh, dude, playing that game is just no thank you. Nope, thank you. Uh, Not with the lights off, you yeah, just start seeing wild. those mosquitoes that are the size. Uh, you start uh, itching, thinking, "Oh my god, I got scabies." Yeah, <sighs> like that scabies. I my, think that's the worst thing. Uh, what is it? merlurks? The crabs? The big? Uh, like, oh yeah, moss dude, cra- dude, those dude, things suck. I don't in that think game. I like. I don't think I've ever played the game long enough to actually get to the point where I can actually effectively. Like, you know, there's a the giant one. scorpions. So there's so yeah, yeah. in uh, what is
1: it Fallout? It's probably four. Or whatever, yeah, Fallout Four. That was the one I was. I was playing, there's a giant Marlar, well, like when you come into, like you defend one of the, the forts yeah. that you like make a base in yeah. and it's just like fucking crab thing comes over the, yeah. the wall and you're oh, just Oh, like,
0: I know what you're talking. I've played that mission before. Bro, yeah. That makes your yeah. skin crawl.
1: This like, and especially like I play, I game with headphones in yeah. like what we're doing yeah. now. I the chittering. Like I have like, the surround sound. No, you,
2: so you just start hearing the clicking. Oh yeah, dude, it's <laughs> the worst. Yeah. That's why like I won't play Gears of War. Dude, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I might sound like a... <laughs> it's gross. Dude, Gears of War was so fun. I love playing Gears of War. It's rowdy. Yeah, man. Probably Honestly, the like, game. no, like, um, that's one of the things. Me and my dad, like, when I got an Xbox 360, and I was very late to the Xbox 360 game. What? Are you a big gamer? Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm more of a PC gamer though. But I was at yeah. one point a big oh, gamer. He's a special I don't, breed. I'm a, I'm I different. used to. Built different. I, but I used. To I game. don't. Game so much anymore just because I don't have like a ton of time on my hands,
2: but uh, I used to game a lot. Yeah, same, you'd rather go to the gym, yeah. I used, to, yeah. Uh, well, oh, wow. me too. I'd rather, I'd honestly like nowadays, I'd rather be in the gym than gaming,
1: but uh, I mean, you're talking about your Xbox,
2: but yeah. So I was late to the Xbox 360 game, I got it in 2013, which for anyone that knows, that's when the Xbox One came that's out. Pretty, pretty so pretty. I, I was you know, I was eight years late to the 360. Uh, you game. better
1: fact check yourself because you said you were born like a few years before the, the 360 Xbox. came out.
2: I said the Xbox 360. Came out in 2013, all right? No, the Xbox One did. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, the I Xbox. Think I'm, I'm tracking. Them. Yeah, the Xbox. Whoa. The Xbox One came out 10 years ago, yeah? No way. Yeah. That's
0: crazy. <laughs> Later this year, it will what? be. Um I'm, I'm so old. But yeah. I'm
2: that's, still stuck
1: 80. on PlayStation 2, man. Yeah.
2: Well, that's when I got my 360, and one of the first things that I did was I got the, the triple pack Gears of War, and that's when I played with my dad. So oh, I was man. in fifth grade, man. Those, your dad uh, let you play Gears of War in fifth. Grade. Yeah, man, we played we played it co op. <laughs> those those gaming was, with your
0: dad memories. Those yeah, so man, just
2: awesome. sawing these you know underground locusts in half with the chainsaw assault rifles, blowing them to. And we played with Goron too, man. You like, know, <laughs> I, probably the only game that's ever scared the crap out
1: of me. I think I was a little kid. This is back when GameStop used to allow you to play games. Oh. And they had the uh, like demos. And it was when Resident Evil Four came out. Oh, and yeah. And you're playing the demo. And you're walking through the woods and then you go in the little like shack and the guy comes out with a chainsaw. Oh yeah. Dude, I was so scared. I hit the like reset button on the demo because I was like, bro. And then I like
2: ran because I was like, this is too much. No, oh uh, God, what was it? I played um God, what was that game? Uh Outcast or something? I don't know. I heard some, that's
1: pretty scary. Some
2: horror game on the th- I played it on the one. I had my headphones on. Yeah. And you hear like some psychopath like scurrying around the uh dude. Uh VR horror? Because nah. I had what, a
0: buddy headset? dude, yeah, with a VR headset. Dude, if I did that, Holy I would honestly
2: talk. launch headset software. I had head. a friend when I'd i was, break it, dude. When oh. I was
0: like 14, I had a friend. Um and he and I he lived way out in the country, so it was double creepy. Like, he lived in a, a creepy-ass, like, farmstead in the middle of fucking Like, Texas nowhere. Chainsaw Massacre. So. Yeah, like, he had to take a dirt road to get there. His family, like, had well water. Like, like they, they, did, they, they were off the grid, man. And he had a VR headset. So I, I have great memories of staying up. I don't talk to him. Yeah,
1: great memories.
0: People, great <laughs> and terrible memories. I stayed up all night with him. We played this video game series called Amnesia. Uh, and it was freaky as fuck. There were like these pig human hybrids who would like try to eat you, uh, and like chase you around. And we had like VR on, and, and you just hear like a pig squeaking behind you in AR or in VR, and be like, rrr, 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 and you'd be like, fuck. dude, on recording that just coming. sounded so legit. <laughs> know what's coming, man. Yeah, you know man. what's Is it's, it's freaky.
1: VR's kind of they've like upped their game lately. Oh yeah, seriously. Like, oh, there's yeah. some like I, I don't think we're far off from like. Going into a room like this without a headset on, and
0: like having a virtual reality. Yeah.
2: No, no, no. I I don't don't that that far off.
0: Or, or even like a, a induced lucid dreaming state or something like
2: that. No, no, no. It's the moment you can do VR without the VR headset on. That's yeah. the stuff that's like.
0: That's
1: um, I think uh, Elon Musk is trying to do that with like Neuralink. Neuralink. Yeah. No, which, I mean it's just
2: stuff uh, like that. It's like freaks I mean, me out. I'm never getting a Neuralink chip. F- I'm
0: not getting a brain chip.
2: I do not no care. I, mm-hmm.
1: When, uh, you guys know Shark Tank, right? Yeah. They're, like, one of their very first pitches was this guy who came on and he was like, we're going to do an, a Bluetooth implant. It's, like, underneath your ear. <laughs> oh, fuck. Like, it was, like, in the eardrum, like, underneath yeah. it. And, the, and so they, like, brought Imagine up, like...
0: somebody hacks it.
1: Right, right. And then, well, the thing that really freaked me out was, like, well, it's, like, how do you charge it, right? And so they asked him. And he goes, so you you have this needle... That you lay down on on your pillow. So the needle like goes in your ear. Oh, I've heard and about this one. You know what I'm talking about?
2: And it's like, no, what happens no, no. if I'm you talking miss? About the matrix.
1: What happens if you miss? Oh
2: my God. <laughs> fucking right through the hippocampus, lose all functional you just, use like, case stab of your, your spinal.
1: Yourself. Take out your eyes in the process.
2: No, I'm it's, like, I mean, just, I,
1: I, I, I don't not know. I'm big I, on that. Like yeah, yeah, the whole I, chips in the body I, thing. I, I, yeah, no, I must just
0: like. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Sweden. The problem is you have to interface with those. Like those have to receive input from the outside. Yeah. And anything that can receive input from the outside can be hacked. Anything. Like,
1: you yeah. know, Sweden's doing that right now. Are they? They have, um, it's like a chip in, in between their thumb and their pointer finger. And they can actually unlock their cars and houses. Dude, I hate that. Yeah, it's I mean, like you, can do that with, you
2: can do that with the Tesla. Um, like if I, you take the card, I don't you care seen, if you can do it. I'm have not going to do it. No, have you seen people do it? Like this guy, he stitched under his skin the part of the Tesla key card that unlocks your car, sti- like dissolve the card, stitched under his skin the thing so he could unlock his car. Absolutely was, not. I'm like, I don't know. I must just be lost on like what is the objective point of life. But like, like that just seems like, I, I just don't like bodily augmentation.
0: There's something viscerally just un, unsettling. So,
1: like I mean, like here's my thing is like, you, so you get Neuralink, right? Let's just say you can't walk and they develop it to where Neuralink tells your body you can walk okay well what happens if lightning strikes a freaking power pole causing an emp what are you gonna do just drop yeah i mean you would be become, fried probably. right yeah no. i mean well, well, what if
0: what if somebody hacks into it and and makes it play incredibly loud music in your brain 24 like, 7
2: like a form of torture yeah so that's how the oh CIA you think to- you think torture wouldn't get worse under this bro that's how the cia oh.
0: tortures prisoners something like they'll they'll yeah, I was I watched this interview one time with like this ex CIA guy, and he was talking about, um, yeah, well, we don't need to torture like you know prisoners, which I think this is a form of torture. They just stick them in a room, you know, no clothes. It's like fifty degrees, so it's cold enough to be uncomfortable but not kill you. Bright white light all the time. Play loud, unpredictable noises, and they said like even the toughest terrorist like Al Qaeda, Taliban guys, crack after about three days. Tell them I think
1: they aware. were uh, they were doing stuff like that in Vietnam, right? Yeah. Where they play like static and Dude, like white noise.
0: That That's terrifying. Now, now imagine someone doing that inside your brain. Yeah. You're just walking down the street. Well, I perception. mean, the
2: thing is, is one thing that we do have as a faculty as far as like uh, being able to resist these torture methods is that our body will under some circumstances like shut down systems, right? Like the thing with the loud noise, right? At some point, your ears just don't, they just stop working. Or if you, what happens if like you know? something happens
1: where you get a high pitch, you know, like we're like, it's out of you your just, receivable frequency yeah, and you just get this high pitch. Well,
2: I mean, just, uh, you know,
0: isn't that what they thought Havana syndrome was for a while? Are you I familiar with you high, that You get that high pitch out of nowhere. Yeah. And then it, yeah. it messed up like a lot of our service members ever sees. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. From like, I think like, it was like, like people from thought the, it was a sonic attack by like the Russians or the Chinese or something. Now they think it's something different, but it's called a syndrome. You should look it up.
1: Because, I mean, you know, like now, like a lot of security companies, you know, because that's what I do in my full time is I work security and a lot of companies are moving into like robots. Mm -hmm. Like they have them in uptown. Really? Outside the Bank of America tower. They've got like these robots that roll around and they like will actually follow you. It's kind of like a giant version of the Starship. Oh. Like what we have that delivers food. Yeah and then they have like one that's developed where it could actually like spray OC at you.
2: Oh yeah, I've seen oh, that. Wow. Yeah, I, I heard don't about know that. How I feel about that.
1: Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like what are they going to do? Arming See, these Here's these the worst uh, part. Robots.
2: Oh. Damn. Peaceful protest walking down the street, one of them accidentally bumps this bot, hoses.
1: Okay, but we're like we were just talking about like somebody hacks into that. Yeah. What if you start putting guns and like, you know, like a machine gun or tear this, gas on these things? Again, so got this, I hope
2: they never do. Again, this is something that just like I, I think that this is, like, our robotics are coming far enough, right, that, like, we can do things with robots, like, and just be able to control them. Like, oh, we got uh, unmanned drones now that can just, like, kill people. Like yeah. what Elon Musk does? Or, I mean. No, I mean, like, warfare. Cr- have, like,
1: you, have you seen Elon Musk's Tesla factory? He doesn't exactly. have any. He's got, like, his Tesla factory is just all, it's guarded by robots. Like genuine robots, yeah. they like scan. It's like a when you check in as a visitor, it scans your face, creates an ID, and it hands it to you. Yeah. And it's a robot. He has no customer service staff. It's all robots. That's,
2: I mean, you know, I I think that you know people can have that. No, like like it's obviously an availability. You can get, use it, whatever. Like, but one thing you got to start thinking about is like, all right, then what happens is that mm, the AI becomes sentient all right, now it has a bunch of visceral bodies it can hack into and just hop between. You can never catch it. You can never turn Ultron it Ultron
0: moment. I mean, literally. No, a,
2: I, I mean, like like we, un-ironically we've we thought un-ironically. about this more than a million times, and yet people, and, you know, I don't want to blame engineers, but I want to blame engineers is su- such, like, <laughs> odd, like, and I, I know I, I'm in the same mindset almost. as like this just itch for what can I do? What can I do with it? And then you sell it to the general public. And the issue – and this is one thing that's like I've noticed – I feel like I noticed is that evil really isn't good at innovating. Evil really uses good and like an interest for knowledge as its basis to – I mean we look at all torture methods are based on some sort of equipment that was developed for some good purpose.
1: Do you think we'll start to see things like – Mass public transportation, right? Like the light rail. Do you think we'll start to see that
2: become automated? Operated like transit and yeah. Call of Duty Black Ops 2? Yeah, where, <laughs> yeah are, I mean, where there are no drivers. It's this
1: automatic thing. I mean, it already feels
2: like those systems already feel like like that. Like, I know there's real people working on those, but like those are... Do you think planes like will eventually become? Oh, yeah. I, oh, I'd definitely. be a little yeah. scared
0: if I were a pilot right now, frankly, for the future of my I, I think
2: personally I'd be scared if I was in any sort of uh, industry at all because like... Aren't they doing that with, like cargo ships now? Yeah. I mean, like, what difference do you see between like the like what we're on the edge of and Wally? Nothing. Like, like, what name? Name one thing that can't be done by robots and AI right now.
0: Writing music and songs again. And art something to
2: placate. To. Something to placate other humans. When something to placate other humans in a non. When I standpoint. worked
0: at. Um,
1: when I worked at Carowinds as a security officer, they uh, BMW actually rented out the park. Yeah, one day because they had all their employees come in. The, the German president came over.
0: Yeah, ja, wir sie and, <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what he said. Um,
1: <laughs> they uh, they brought all this technology with them, and they had one of those robot dogs. You guys know what I'm talking about? Have yeah. you yeah. seen those things? Yeah. 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 And I was like, just kind of talking to the guy. I was like, what can it do? It's like, it can do a backflip. It can check. Oh, yeah, the Boston Dynamics Dogs. And he's like, this is just our basic model. I was Mm. like, what? Yeah. He's like, no, we're working on like human style robots with like
2: skin. Dude, we came up with this one that has skin on it. And And I'm like, you know, like, it's such a cool idea. And then we also came up with this thing for like time travel. When he said
1: that, like, we're working on one with like skin and real hair, I was kind of like,
2: I was like, why would you I'm want sorry. to do that? I literally what, went, what the fuck? I just walked away. No, a, 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 Like, here's the issue is that at it's no point do you say, stream. why do I want to do this?
1: I think there is no purpose to that. There is. There's, just, there's, like, there's like
2: no, ju- on it's people, like, it's like right? playing God. But then honestly, it's worth, whoa. It's yeah.
0: Way. I mean, it's, it's like, I don't know, man has this, this intrinsic desire just to be God. Every, everybody wants to be God in some way. The like, issue is I man think can't be God. Th- that's the thing, right?
2: You can't. You can't. You need to use some form of tool to reach that. And the issue is that at some point your tool will be so smart that it will remove you from the equation and become God itself. You you become
0: a liability. Have you ever – have either of you ever read – I'm drawing a blank as to – I remember the story, but I I don't remember the – it was by –
2: I'm thinking about robots, so it might be Asimov.
0: Asimov, yeah, Isaac Asimov, and it was the story about the the supercomputer that basically supersedes
2: oh, yeah, human existence. Yeah, the one that, that one um, yeah, that's in his uh, uh robot in Robot Dreams. Uh, no, 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 that's not um, Robot Dreams. I I mean, it's part of that same like yeah. series. It's um, that collection.
0: But but at the end of the uh, at the end of the story, the robot solves like the final answer in the universe, the last one it hasn't solved, and then it says, "Let there be light." Yeah, it was light.
2: Yeah, and it it
0: restarts existence. I mean,
1: yeah, becomes God. There's a movie um, with Robin Williams, and it's called I think it's called Bicentennial Man. Oh yeah, he's a robot, and it's like you're talking about playing God, right? You're also like screwing up with people's freaking feelings, right? Like let's just say like you develop a fully functional robot. That you couldn't tell it was a robot. Mm -hmm. It functions exactly like a human. You fall in love with this freaking robot that has no feelings for you, and the next thing you know, there's a lightning strike and this robot's dead. Yeah, I mean you're literally and you're you're fucking with people's emotions, which you know it comes down to what you're talking about. People want to be God, and there was a book I was reading. I can't remember the name of it, but it was basically talking about we desire the things that we fear.
0: Mm, yeah no nah, that's profound no that's you yeah, know definitely. and it's like
1: people fear God right or at least they're supposed to right so I think we desire that power which yeah. even though if we ever were, were to get that power I think I would
0: dude I'd be terrified if I had the power of God I would not want the power of God frankly yeah
1: you know, like, what's that movie with Jim Carrey
2: where
0: he uh, uh, what is it Bruce, Bruce All Almighty. Almighty right? yeah, like, yeah he yeah, just yeah. does all funny stuff he's right? doing all this stuff and then he just fucks dude, the world up I'd be yeah.
2: so friggin' terrified I like I don't know because the thing is, is as God, like I'd have to reconsider what it means to be. Like you'd have to consider what is the meaning behind what you're doing at all. If you can do everything and your responsibility for everything. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, and it's like you get into the mentality. It's like, why did God create man in the first place? Why did God create existence at all? If God has the ability. Well, we talk
1: about having the power. What about the responsibility? Right, but comes it's, with again, again, but
2: again, Answering it's responsibility Prayers, it's, even. Yeah, but again, <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> but again it's that? responsibility against what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, yeah, I created a sentient, be- sentient being that can understand itself, but like, does that really matter in the grand scheme of things? Like, can't do anything, right? You know, it's like like you just reach like a, a logic loop of just like, it doesn't matter because the only thing that it compares to is what I can do, which I can do everything, and then like right. you just end up at a circular logic point. It's like then what I am is like, like, like that's like eternal suffering.
1: Cause you were just, why you had just said, um, like answering prayers. Mm-hmm. Well, what if the next school shooter goes and prays to you to heal his leg right? and you heal right. his leg and he goes up and shoots up in elementary school? Yeah. I mean, you know <laughs> what <laughs> I mean? Like that responsibility, you're kind of like, oh shoot. Well, what if I, if, you should already have that knowing you know, of what's to come, and you're like, oh, no, you're good. Right. You just suffer with the well, I mean, again... Well,
0: the, or do you just sit back and, that and gets not into, answer any prayers at all? And, well, that, and you just let people's prayers go unheard. That gets right. into
2: predestination argument of just, like, is Calvinism, it already though. is it, is it already already planned? You know, like, you know what I'm because saying? Is you it, already know it Well, the thing is, is, happen, like... Right? And, and you're like, I, I've always How reached a logical, like, argument of the fact that it always has to be, because if omnipotent God... God has to know what's going to occur. Therefore, he knows how you will react based on any given circumstance, based on the stimuli you receive in any situation. So the question
0: is, can free will and uh, predestination exist in the same?
2: I I I, I, I say what's the difference between your faux free will as well as predestination? Right. If you experience free will in a predestined world, then everything lines up in order. Right. then it is free will it,
0: it is both 100% free will but and it's also 100%, 100% predestined
2: it, it's almost like
0: in the bible how how jesus is described as 100% god and 100% man it's like a right. dichotomy that shouldn't exist but can
2: yes but well the thing is is like if god predestined it then what's to say that it's not locally free will right like you did experience see think and you know do all these things and amalgamate some form of thought and then produce it in some form of action. But that was 100% in any circumstance based on the information you received prior.
1: So I believe more in like a, a, a multipolar des- predestination, mm-hmm. right? Like, so the Bible's very clear on you're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are, those have been predetermined. Yeah. Right. But I think it's based upon the choices that you make, yeah. you know, it's like you're in front of two trails, right? Like, you have the decision to that that destination is already waiting right. for you at the end of the trail. It just depends on which trail which you're trail take. You do take. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I so I think like that. life is kind of this multipolar predestination roadmap. It's like mm-hmm. there's
0: a there's a path. Uh, it's like you know, every step you take in life leads you to a new fork that will eventually lead you down another path that will lead you to it's like there's a system of roads almost.
1: Right. Like I mean, as a five year old kid, did I know I was gonna go to UNCC studying political science, criminal justice, and pre-law? No. No? Was that destination there for me? It Maybe. obviously is because you're yeah, here. Exactly. Like, it's it was already here. Had right. had I been five years
0: old and been like... At least in this timeline, it was. Yes. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. What if univer- uh, UNCC didn't exist? That's obviously not a predestination. You know what I mean?
0: Or, or what if you had just moved your arm different when... Or, hell, what if your dad moved your arm different moved moved his arm different like four days before your conception and then you weren't born
2: yeah like right. that's something
0: i think about a lot is the like, butterfly
2: effect is real the fact like, that like.
0: everything in the world would be like let's let's cast it back um let's say it's like 1850 right like, just a long time ago and and some you know hitler's dad bumps into somebody on the street and that, that he didn't bump into in our timeline then hitler's never born Right. because because it just different it just jostled no it you know, can, whatever it, and prevented that from happening well the funny
2: part is it could be authentically as simple as 160 generations ago on some killer ant's life right you accidentally killed some queen destroyed a colony and now 95 people in uganda didn't die and then they formed some form of coalition and you know demolished you know all of eastern africa or you know like yeah. like it, it takes something like, like, that's why the butterfly effect. Like, you like think about the first Americans. Right. Had they, cho- had they made a decision not to come here.
0: Yeah. Hell, if they had left a few days differently
2: and the wind blew them to a different point. It's like if Columbus really just said, eh, we're going to go around Africa.
1: Or, or what if the British what if the British had defeated the revolution?
2: <laughs> or yeah. what if
0: the Chinese yeah. had just decided we're not going to let all of our ships rot in Beijing <laughs> Harbor in We're going to go and explore <laughs> and, and find ourselves at the yeah, West yeah, everyone Coast. Everyone would be we Chinese. Went. Yeah, then yeah, the United right. States would be or not even the, Uni- the United States as a concept wouldn't exist. The Americas would right. be speaking ha, Mandarin. Ha, ha, Americas, the continents would have different names. Right,
2: like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just a,
1: that's just that's it. Now that's like, have you ever had those conversations with like your like yourself, or you've thought about stuff, or you're talking with other people? Yeah, and you get so far down a rabbit hole that you start
2: like. Questioning your existence and like yeah, you get totally. into this like Easily. mind fucked mode right and now, just kind of like <laughs> right now. No, no, no. I do. I, I've done it frequently enough to the point to where I've just like, like I don't. I don't smoke weed. Right. I don't bit,
1: smoke honestly. weed. And I don't do that stuff. But like, that's imagine, if imagine if you that's had
2: like. this kind of conversation. Yeah, that's exactly what I, I feel like. About. That's like archetypally what people do when they smoke weed. Yeah, I have that, have those conversations. Right. Well, it's like nothing else is opera Like you just get in body mellow state. So you yeah. just have to just start thinking you because you can't do. Your mind. Oof. right
1: well fellas i really appreciate you coming on yeah man. we this appreciate been, you like, bringing yeah. us on it's been cool yeah it's like
2: first ever interview for yeah. me at yeah least. me as well
1: I, so, I i just really appreciate you guys being here and everything that yeah, you guys have done for me opening up doors of opportunity and allowing me to kind of do what i see fit for for my project and um keeping your yeses on the table i mean yes, i can't you got it, brother can't uh express my gratitude more than that yes and, sir this definitely won't be the last conversation we've had. This is the right. reason why I developed this show is just yes. to
0: chat, just raw, uncut, reconnect um, people, gotcha. right? Human connection, right? Love it. Yeah. But
1: uh, yeah, guys, and as always, make sure you check out all the other podcasts on uh, the Uptown Audio website. And uh, if you want to connect to the Instagram, make sure you give everybody the same support that you give me. And I will catch you guys on the next one.
2: Yep. See you guys. See ya.